Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. Hello and welcome to Inside the Ropes, episode number 99, would you believe? I can't believe we made it that far. Joined by Alison Whitaker. We've dispensed with everyone else who's been, let's be honest, Ellie, they've been weighing us down, haven't they? Oh, we're, we're a very trim group this week. Yeah, yeah, just slimmed down by a person or two. But we've got plenty in store for today. Looking forward to having a, a couple of chats to uh, players abroad. And uh, of course, we'll take you around the world in terms of Results of the Aussies on various tours around and, this globe. And we can go quite a while sometimes without having an Aussie winner. We go, we don't go very far at all without having some good performances, but it's not often you get someone in the winner's circle. And it's with much delight that we have celebrated two wins over this little Easter period. Hot diggity. <laughs> you got, you're hard pressed to get player of the week this week. And that's a, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? It's double dipping on, what is it, week 16 of the year, I think maybe, but... Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, it's a pretty good week for all the Aussies around the globe. Well, let's hit up on that. And one of our special guests is going to be one of these uh, players we're about to say. So we're really thrilled to have uh, Brendan Jones coming on the podcast with us a little later on. Um, and he's our Aussie of the week. But he had a, he had a great win in Japan, which we'll talk about it in depth. But uh, he was joined... Well, across the, I suppose it's the South China Sea, maybe? I'm not even sure. I'm going to go with you on that. That sounds great. Yeah. Let's go with that. Well, because he was in Hainan, wasn't he? So that's, you know, it's, I've got to say, it's China's Hawaii. Hainan is. Yeah. If you've ever gone to Hainan, major cities, either Haiko or Sanya, we touched base with uh, Bryden McPherson there last week. Yeah. Um, And you rock up and the only difference between Hawaii (laughs) and Hainan, I usually fly into Sanya. Um, is the language and maybe a couple of creature comforts, maybe the food. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of Chinese food in uh, downtown Waikiki. Yeah, fair point, actually. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and we didn't mention who we're talking about there who's done so well in Hainan, and that is Maverick Antcliffe, uh, among others as well. But two winners, Maverick Antcliffe in China on the China tour, not the um, USPGA tours, tertiary tour, but the actual domestic China tour. And, of course, Brendan Jones across in Japan. So two great wins by our boys up in Asia. We couldn't be more happy about that. Um, before we t- chat to Brendan in a few minutes, though, Ellie, uh, a, a breakthrough winner on the uh, on the USPGA Tour it came at the expense probably of the Aussies, let's be honest, but uh, a really friendly, um, nice guy story. Yeah, C.T. Pan, he's from Chinese Taipei, or Taiwan as you might know it. Um, I guess the main thing to know about his win. Why should Aussies care about his win? I think the reason we should care is that it launches in inside the top eight on the internationals for the President's Cup. This guy could be coming to Royal Melbourne as a result of, of this win later on in December, but um, took down a couple of the giants of the game at really the moment. Uh, Dustin Johnson, who just, he crumbled 
I've got to say, I've got to be slightly controversial. And he's, he's kind of, I mean, it's hard to say a number one is creating a pattern, but he looked in control and then he looked very out of control quite quickly. That was my knock on him before he won the US Open to sort of get the major monkey off his back because I, I didn't think he could string together 72 holes. And then clearly for quite a period, he's proven me wrong. And, uh, has, you know, has, you could argue that he's the best player when he's up and about in the world. Some would argue against that. That's fine. But I like that you're bringing that back and that putting that sort of uh, question mark back over him. It's yeah. Sort of... Well, I mean, if, if he wasn't crumbling, then he'd be supremely dom- dominant. He's yeah. got a good, he's developed a good little buffer with world number one at the he moment. Has. I think he's got about 0.7 in the blah, blah, blah world, OWGR, blah, blah. <laughs> um, I'm not even going to try and work out how they do it. I'm just going to read it and yeah. then repeat it. That's it. Because that's the best way to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a couple of little things that I, I picked up on, in particular in kind of the press conferences after CT's win. And he was a very likable winner. He, he went over to the US um, as a junior, played the AJGA over there, uh, then got a scholarship to the IMG Academy in Bradenton. Um, a lot of good players have come out of that program, um, a lot playing on the LPGA as well. Give us the, some names there, Ellie. Uh The Corder family. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think all of them, actually. I think even Sebastian went there for, for tennis. Right. Um, he won the Australian uh, Junior Open last year. Um, so they're quite talented. So yeah, I guess were. if you learn a bit off them, I'd say. Um, but yeah, so then he went on to play college over in Washington and uh, he, he went over to the US with no English. And I just think that takes so much guts to just go and uh, immerse yourself because you know it's going to be better for your game. And you were you telling me before we went on air that he almost didn't play? Yeah, well, he's, he's uh, actually sponsored a, an AJGA event, a junior event over in the US. That's kind of their... Um, you know, their junior tour around the country. And a lot of professionals do that. You know, I know um, Dustin Johnson has one, Lizette Salas has one uh, over in California and Southern California. But um, his wife actually went and took care of this junior event and he wanted to be there. And she said, no, you've, you've got to play this week because you haven't had great results. And quite frankly, you need a bit of a kick up the bum and you've got to go and get it done. And so he walks away with the win and also, there was a, a young, um, a young junior from Chinese Taipei uh, on the women's side that actually picked up the win at his event, and he said it was the happiest day of his life. Win-win all round. Win-win, yeah. And you know, I think that just goes to show that he he's got a real um, sense of perspective as well. Um, I, one of the things that I took away actually, and I'm just kind of rambling on at the moment, but. One of the things that I but read that's that he did. why you fit in so nicely with Inside the Ropes, Ellie. <laughs> when we're one down, you know, I'm just going to go for break. But uh, like, so I was reading that he, the night before, so he hadn't been comfortable on Sundays in contention and he'd been there a couple of times and, and just never really got across the line. What he did on Saturday night was he looked at all of the pin positions for the next day, sat there, rehearsed all of them and all of the potential shots he could hit the next day. So by the time he'd got there, he already felt like he'd played a practice yeah, round. That's interesting. I just thought it was... Uh, Simple th- things. Yeah, well, Tiger Woods talks about it. I remember when he came to Kingston Heath, um, you know, a long, long time ago, um, he said that he played the course every single day, every single night before the next round. Mm. Um, there's something to take away from that. I'm convinced. And uh, I saw, it, like, he played some immaculate approaches on the back nine to short pins that required, 
you know, extreme touch and, and great number of the, and great knowledge of the numbers that he had did too. So it was, it was pretty impressive in high winds. Yeah, he was. He, you know, he's a little guy. I think he's only about 5'7", maybe, um, yeah. or has a really slow tempo. He's kind of worth taking a look at because um, you look at him and you go, there's no way he's going to win on the yeah. PGA Tour. And then he walks away with the trophy and a yeah. nice little tartan jacket. What a jacket that is. It makes the one at Augusta look positively fashionable. Where would you wear that jacket? Uh, I, I could tell you, but I don't want to offend anyone in the community. <laughs> I really, you wear it with your boxer shorts and that's about it. Yeah. Only if it's super dark. Okay. All right. Super dark. It, I think it glows. But uh, I'm wrapped for CT Pan. I met him at the Australian Open a couple of years ago and, um, he was delightful then and you could see that he was a very good human as well as a golfer. So really pleased to see him break through and hopefully that's his first step towards getting to Royal Melbourne. Could we see Brendan Jones at Royal Melbourne? I have no idea, but... A bloke in his 40s, Ali, it's just won his 15th tour, 15th time on the Japanese tour. It's quite remarkable, and it's our great pleasure now to speak to Brendan Jones. Yes, thanks. Great to be here. Oh, mate, we're absolutely thrilled, Ali and I, to be able to chat to you. Just, you know, literally hours off the plane and victory number 15, as I just said, in Japan. That's got to just have an unbelievable ring to it to you. Yeah, it does, but it uh, makes me feel very old too because it does take <laughs> quite a while to, to get to number 15. Um, you know, I'd see Tiger's just won his 15th the other day. So, um, you know, we've got a lot in common, Tiger. <laughs> 15 majors and I've won 15 in the, in the Japan tour. So, um, no, look, it's, I'm, I'm proud of that achievement and uh, it is, it's an amazing way to start the year. Now, Brendan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've read some pretty ridiculous numbers about you recently. Um, I hear that you've made more than 1 billion yen in career earnings in Japan now. Is is that true? Well, it is true. Um, yeah, it is. And it does sound like an extravagant number, <laughs> um, which, uh, look, it, it is. It's still a, a good achievement. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it's something that you don't think about on the way, but, um, you know, from having this successes that I've had up there, it all accumulates and um, yeah, very um, very proud of the fact I was the first foreigner to reach that milestone. Other than Mike Clayton, we don't get to speak to too many billionaires on this show, Brendan, so. <laughs> well, I can tell you that I'm far from a billionaire and um, yeah, so look, it's, um, as I said, we're getting, getting back to that, the golf and the 15th win, it's just been uh, a dream start to the year. Um, you know, like I, everyone that turns up that week has aspirations to get off to a flying start. And, you know, both Matt Griffin and myself, and not just us two, but, you know, all the other Aussies that were there that week, um, I think all but one finished in the top 20. I think Anthony Quayle might have finished uh, a little bit outside the 20. But, um, you know, Dave Bransman, Won Jun Lee, Brad Kennedy... Um, you know, they were all just up in that top 20. So it was a great start for all of us. Yeah, seven, I think seven Aussies in the end. That's that's pretty pretty good yeah, numbers. Yeah, that's, that's really unbelievable um, that we all play, you know, so well uh, in the same event. We've been talking about how, you know, you're almost pretty pretty unlucky of your maverick, Antcliffe, who, who just <laughs> won over in China. You took down Matt Griffin this week. What's what's with all of the Aussies playing well at the same, same time, week 16? Yeah, look, I don't know. Well, for us Aussies um, playing the Japanese tour, it's the first real hit out for the year. And I guess that most of us are feeling pretty excited about it. Um, you know, it's, we're getting back to work and getting back into the grind of it. But um, 
you know, I guess a lot of a lot of guys have put in the hard work in the off season, and um, you know, finally playing in a, in the tournament um, sort of brings out the competitive juices. So, you know, it's it's great that um, you know, like for me, I'm ecstatic that I've won. But I was speaking to Matt on the plane coming home, and uh, I remember back to my first win, and and I just felt that that win happened because I think Scott Laycock had won the Bridgestone Open the week before, and then I won, and someone else won in quick succession. So I think all of us up there will drag each other along. And and for Matt coming so close, uh, it's just going to keep that hunger there for him. And, um, you know, as disappointed as he might have been not to win, I think it's going to put him in good stead for the rest of the year. He's still hungry. He knows he's close. And, um, you know, a win's not that far away for him. So two-part question from me then, Brendan. Matt Griffin texted or rather tweeted that you were the king of Japan. Uh, it must be, you know, without harping on your age, it must be a great feeling for you to know that, A, that people will think about you like that, but B, that you're sort of the, you're at the front of the vanguard of what has been, a, you know, an absolute revolution of Australian golf heading towards Japan. You know, you mentioned uh, Quayley and you mentioned the other guys coming through. Um, Dylan Perry made his debut up there. Uh, it, it's phenomenal. You must be really proud that they look up to you in that light. Yeah, look, I think it's, they're having a joke a lot of the time. Uh, I think Todd Finnett was the first person to call me Codge, and I had no idea what he was on about. Um, and then he explained that it was the king of Japan. And look, I've had a bit of a chuckle about it. And a few of these new guys that have come onto the tour, Anthony Quayle, and uh, I only met Dylan Perry last week, and he seems like a lovely young man. So, um, you know, I think it's all in a bit of fun. Uh, I don't take that all that seriously, but it is nice that, you know, these young guys that have been on the tour of, of spoken to me you know and asked me questions about things and asked for my advice and you know like right now I'm very close to the end of my career so to be able to pass on any sort of wisdom that I might have um, you know it's great that these young kids are asking and you know it makes me feel good and um, that you know I can add something to you know a bit of advice to these young guys coming out. So now Griffo wrote on a piece on the PGA Tours website uh, last week that Winners have to take everyone else, caddies and players, out for dinner. Has that happened yet, or is it going to happen when you re- reconvene in Japan? No, I've put the uh, I've put the date out there. Uh, I'm not going to put it over the radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, might have a few extras there, I guess. But um, I, it will be. Um, it's the Sunday night of the Crown, so yeah. the next tournament we play, um, we all visit, uh, go back through Tokyo. So. Um, yeah, look, it's something that I love doing. Um, I've been able to do it a few times and, um, you know, you've just got to celebrate the successes along the way because winning, winning is hard. Winning golf tournaments is very hard. And, um, you know, we do have such long years and I just think successes should be celebrated. Couldn't agree with you more. I, that has to be in stark contrast for you to when you had a couple of pretty substantial surgeries, uh, four, five, six years ago now, um, does it seem a long way away? I know you won in 2016, but, uh, you know, A, it's been a long time between drinks there, but B, you must have considered that, uh, you know, time was coming at some stage. Yeah, it's, look, it, it does seem a long, long time ago now. Um, you know, as you said, my first surgery is in, uh, I think, November 13, and that didn't go so well, and then I had to do it again in uh, April 14. And so I didn't really play much those two years. Uh, and then sitting on the sideline, watching players just continue to improve, 
Um, and it was hard getting back into it. You know, you, you just, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, am I going to be as good as what I used to be? And for the first couple of years after it, it just took me a little bit to sort of get that confidence back. And at the same time, I'd, I had been using the long putter and then they changed the rule on that. So, like, that was no issue for me. I, I'd made up my mind when I was sitting on the sideline that when I did come back, if I was healthy enough to come back, I'd, I'd go back and use the short putter. And, um, and that's pretty much what I did. Uh, I, I don't feel uncomfortable with it. Um, I've only won the twice. Uh, since since I had my injury and last year was the first time that I've really felt my consistency that I'd had before my surgeries come back to me. So, um, you know, the year I had last year was really confident uh, confidence builder for me and um, obviously this year started uh, couldn't have started any better. Yeah, especially in a, a tournament that I, I believe you've sat this event out for, was it six or seven seasons, the past six or seven seasons that you haven't teed it up this week? No, no, no. And my last win was seven years ago. I have played it quite a few times and missed the cut quite a few times. So it's been a, a love-hate relationship. But <laughs> I won it in 2012 and now obviously 19. So there's been a few lean years in between. But uh, I have played it most years. It generally is the start of the season. In terms of – so let's go back to, to Sunday and the, the 64. It's one of the things that I always find the most fascinating about – talking to people that, that walk away with, with wins. Um, talk us through the final hole and what's what's going through your mind. Kind of set the scene because we can't watch it in Australia, sadly, because yeah. I'm sure everyone yeah. would be trying to tune in and, and see, you know, how you came home to take away the silverware. Can you can you talk us through the 18th a little bit and where your head was at? Yeah, look, I can tell you, I can talk to you, talk you through the last few holes because, you know, my, my game was just, as good as it's ever been. And I just had birdie chances from inside of 10 feet on 15, 16, 17. And I believe, like I hadn't been watching the leaderboards all that closely, but I thought I'd had a two-shot lead. And I thought if I could just make one of those on 15, 16 or 17, then, you know, there'd be too big a gap between the closest player. And that point was one of the guys I was playing with. And I just thought I'd just need one more. And I had like a 10-footer on 15, 8-footer on 16, 6-footer on 17. And I just couldn't make any of them. And um, and at this at the same time, Matt Griffin's making birdie after birdie, which <laughs> in hindsight, you know, was a good thing that I didn't know about because uh, I probably would have paid him more attention. But, you know, I just thought on the last hole, the wind's in off the right. And I just thought, okay, I've got a long iron in my hand. All I have to do is hit this fairway. And I got a little bit quick, hooked it a bit in the left bunker. And all of a sudden now I've got a five iron into a, a green over a bit of water, over a bit of sand. And, and I'm thinking, well, I could probably still make bogey. But anyway, hit a, hit a really good shot just off the back of the green and, and um, dropped it in a drop zone, which was probably the best spot to miss it if you're going to miss it anywhere. And, um, I putted it from the bit of rough um, up over the top and wasn't a good effort and then hold a 20-footer. And uh, wow. as it turned out, that 20-footer was the difference. Wow. That, yeah. What, um, what but at the time, I still thought I might have been able to miss it and um, and still win. But, you know, Matt, 30, 15, 16, uh, 15, 14, 15, 17, 18, I think. Because so, it sounds um, like you jarred a couple of bombs early in the, in the round to sort of kickstart you. Did you think that it, you'd used up all your good putts? Uh, no, I, I had a bit of fortune from long range throughout the whole week. So 
Um, it's the best putting week I've had for many years. I just I had been doing a little bit of work on the putting before I left to Japan and uh, it paid dividends. But, um, yeah, I've made my fair share of long ones, but um, when when it really counted, I just couldn't cozy them in there. So, um, but you know, as I said, winning is hard, and you know, I've won tournaments that I probably shouldn't have won, and I've lost tournaments that I really I think I should have won. So. Uh, in a career, you're gonna you're gonna get lucky from time to time. You're gonna play well from time to time, and things are gonna work out for you time to time. But um, you know, and last week was was my week. And um, you know, as I said, Maddie and us, Maddie and myself had a few couple of gin and tonics on the <laughs> plane coming home, talking about it all. And um, you know, I think most of the Aussie boys are in good stead for the for the remainder of the year. So to, last last from us, Brendan, and they're sort of interrelated. Do you like your anonymity? Uh, I, and I, I say that with great respect. I mean, it's just you just don't get the profile with your results. If you'd had them on the US tour, you'd have been a megastar. You've had an unbelievably stellar career, but you could probably walk down the main street in George Street in Sydney and not have too many people hassle you. Do you like that? And would you? We were speaking before about CT Pan. Um, would you like to play Presidents Cup later this year if things continued to progress? Oh look. <laughs> Uh, it's still a long way away, President's Cup. I've got off to a good start. I'm not. Uh, there's a couple of people that have mentioned that to me already, but you know, golf's a, uh, a, uh, a difficult game, and to keep form up over a whole year is 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 hard. Um, you know, look, President's Cup would be uh, an absolute honour to to play that, but you know, it's never been a real goal of mine. I've been close a couple of times, I think, before. Mm. Um, but uh, look, if it ever happens, it happens. But it's definitely not uh, a goal, and I do, I do love the anonymity of um, playing in Japan. You know, I come home, no one knows me here, um, and you know, definitely in walking down George Street in Sydney, not one person would have one iota of who I was. So I, I do like that. What about yeah. those racy Callaway caps? Surely they'd they'd recognise you in those little numbers. Yeah, I don't wear that down the main street of Sydney either. <laughs> I just wanted to check. Golf, mate, course, golf courses only. No, no, that's fair enough. Mate, I, I say that with the greatest respect because I know for all golf fans who listen to this, they've got um, you know got your name on their radar as something to watch out for every week. And we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule back in Canberra. So thanks very much for joining us on Inside the Ropes. No, my pleasure. Anytime. What a pleasure, Ali, to speak to Brendan there. I'm fresh off the plane, uh, as you said, a couple of GNTs on the. On the uh, I'm sure he turned left after a win on the when he got on the plane coming back from uh, Narita, I assume. How classic is that, though? Is that it sounds? And we didn't actually ask him directly, but it sounds like they sat next to each other. Yeah, which I'm certain they would have. Which I love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're good mates, so you know, and and I. We, we had to let Brendan go there. He's got a pressing schedule, and I'm really thrilled that he sh- shared the time that little time with us there. It was just fantastic. We could talk to him for ages because I reckon he's got the best interest of Australian golf at heart in Japan, more than he's let on there, even though he talked about it twice off his own bat. I reckon he'll be chuffed. He doesn't know Dylan Perry from a bar of soap yet, but by the time he gets to know Dylan, and he obviously starts to know Qualey, who's a bit of a character, and all those guys that he mentioned, um, you know, Todd Sinnott and when he gets back, and, and all those things, he... he I reckon loves that codge thing. <laughs> I don't reckon he's going to say it publicly. KOJ. KOJ, the king of Japan. And he is, 15 times. Do you want to do some stats? Well, we, we, we Love to. We may as well. Let's, let's give everyone a real picture of the rundown, I reckon. I'll just do the one that you started off with. He's a billionaire. 
He's a billionaire. <laughs> I know he, he sounded shy about it there. This is yen, one billion sixty four million nine hundred and two thousand one hundred and eighty four yen on the Japanese tour. Ranks him tenth all time. The only name in the top million that's not Japanese. It's not. There's the next one down. The next one down is David <laughs> Smale. Reason. Yeah, and okay. that, he's a long way down. Wow. So he's the only, should I say, Anglo name on the top mm. list there. And for I apologise if that offends anyone. I, it's not my intention, but he, you know, it's remarkable. His name on the top ten with legends: Jumbo Osaki, Aoki, <laughs> uh, Jed Ozaki, all those guys. Um, it's incredible. Golf's massive in Japan, oh, and, yeah. and it's one of those things. Like uh, you know. People talk about um, going over to play, and, and and it's not really a golfing destination for us. I, I don't think in terms no, of I travel, agree. in terms of you know tour groups and that kind of thing. Like people go elsewhere for that from Australia. Um, in terms of their tour golf, it, it's surprising actually because the women's tour is actually even bigger than the men's tour. So the men's tour um, have roughly about sixty percent of the events that the women have, mm. and they pay for slightly less prize money. Generally speaking, the women have more than the men. Uh, yeah, I think so. I've got that back in my back in my memory somewhere. Yep. I could be, I could be wrong. Oh, <laughs> it's happened good. more than once. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the stats. One of the things that I I kind of picked up on was that he's had he's had nine putts for nine holes four times in his career. You're twice, kidding. twice in the last eighteen months, he's had. So there's I didn't even know there was that kind of record, but four times in competition. <laughs> I want to know where you get this stuff from. It's from the website, (laughs) from Google Translate, (laughs) which is supremely helpful. And maybe that's part of the anonymity thing as well, is the fact that we have so little um, easy access to either the KLPGA or, you know, the Korean tour or the or the men's tour as well um, over in Japan. And I don't know. So can you... It's going to be pretty handy with it. This is a question without notice, uh, which we love to do. Andy normally loves to do it to me, so I'm going to do it to you. You'd mentioned the, to him that we can't watch the Japanese tour, men's or women's golf in Australia. We just can't see it. It takes a miracle on the websites to find it and be able to report it properly. Why do the Korean and Japanese domestic tours, both men's and women's, like to continue that sort of veil of secrecy? Why is that? Why wouldn't they want their brands and sponsors and everything pushed around the world? Because it's clearly awesome golf. Let's not beat around the bush. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be against having something maybe even like, even just like a highlights program. Because mm. you know that they've got TV um, at all of these events. Um, so it would be relatively easy to send even, you know, three, four person team to these events and, and give us, a, you know, an hour highlight show or, or anything. You can almost voice it from... Mm. anywhere around the world. world. I, feel, I feel like we're talking you but, into a job at some stage. <laughs> I actually, no, I was pushing this um, with the Koreans women's tour because I thought there's so many girls that come out onto the LPGA um, and we've only, you only hear about them when they hit yep. the shores in the US. I yep. mean, Sunghyun Park, former world number one, number two, I think this week, um, she won seven times in a season. And then she came to the LPGA and no one knew anything about her until she came to the LPGA. She was massive before and I think getting, I don't know, we like getting on the bandwagon, yeah, don't I mean, we? Absolutely. And and getting to know players earlier on in their career. I think That's what know, makes the AFL and the NRL so broadly popular here because we, we follow these young kids on their journeys. 
Anyway, I'm just going to last thing from uh, Brendan Jones, and it's not as exotic as yours. But these are his wins. He's won in November 2002. He's won in August 2003. He's won twice in 2004, 2006, three times in 007, once in 2010, once in 2011, once in, twice in 2012, 2013, the ANA in 2016, and again uh, on the weekend, 15 times. You're a bloody legend, legend Brendan Jones. Um, full, full kudos to you. And before we take a break, Ella, we mentioned Maverick Ancliffe on the China Tour. What a stellar effort. He didn't just fall over the line. He was the Aussie of the week on our um, Aussies on Tour thing on the golf.org.au website a few weeks ago. This time, he's that was in Bangladesh uh, on the Asian stroke, or maybe even European Tour as well, I think, at the time. Uh, this time in China, he's pants the field, hasn't he? I think, what did he win by seven? As we both yeah, check. <laughs> check. But, um, I mean, essentially, he's... It's kind of it's a little bit hard again to uh, we well, shot sixty six sixty nine sixty nine sixty eight that works 16, 16, under, under, 16 under par it's some super solid golf but it, there's two China, Chinese tours there's what we talk the PJ tour China and then there's the China tour um, it's just tricky to get your head around. It is. It's hard to keep track of. So that's what I guess that's what we're here for. We should mention the other Australians there, in particular, um, just to make sure that everyone who comes on inside the ropes doesn't feel like they've jinxed themselves. Uh, Bryden McPherson, who was our special guest last week, finished ninth uh, with great rounds, 71, 72, and a pair of 69s to finish ninth in, in uh, Dongyu Island, which, so that's fantastic. Kevin Yuan and Cade McBride also made the cut. A uh, handful of others didn't quite make the weekend, but um, that's, that's pretty impressive from Bryden as well. Yeah, very much so. You know, we like our little foreign correspondents to be uh, focusing on their own golf at the same time. And I am going to say, before we move on and introduce someone back to the squad, um, 38 events, uh, I think it was last year on the Japanese women's tour and there was 25 on the men's. It's one of the only places around the world where they are nearly doubly, well, not doubly, my maths is pretty terrible there, but... What is it? About 60%, I guess. 40% more women's golf. And well, it goes to show it's reflected in the prize money as well. So It's almost 60-40. Yeah. Almost exactly. Just something something interesting on the radar. Uh, now, speaking of radar, we, we <laughs> have flown here in uh, through this first segment blind and a little bit wobbly, admittedly, when I'm at the, at the helm. But His Royal Highness Andrew Marr has just deemed, <laughs> deigned to rejoin us. Not, it's not bad that you can roll in 53 minutes into a podcast. You, you, the helm is yours for the rest of the show. Once you start helming, you finish with the helm in hand. So it is yours for the rest of the show. Does that mean Hazy can ask you any question about golf last week and you'll be on top of it? No. No. <laughs> I mean, you, no, you, he, yes, he can. Yes. He can ask the question, but if he expects me to be on top of it after – uh, the Easter weekend that some of us have had. Uh, we've been here, there, and everywhere. Uh, I don't fancy him getting a good answer. Did you bring a note from anyone? Yeah. I didn't know. From the, from what, as to why I'm late. Yeah, like signed Epstein. It must have been a pretty big night last night. No. To wake up at 3 p.m. Uh, the boss said he needed to see me. <laughs> so when the boss says he needs to see you, you go and see the boss. I, I, I'm not sure where your loyalties should lie here. Neither am inside, I. Inside the ropes. Neither <laughs> am I. I've got no idea. We're a media enterprise. I love really my dog. I love my dog. And right here, right now, he is the eye of my storm. <laughs> is that okay? That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Henry oh, the ha- Super Grudel. So, Fair you know. play. Fair yeah. play. Thank you. Yeah. We just need one opinion from you before we take well, our first I, break. Well, this is what I want to go. Oh, hey, it's a question. The reins here, pal. Sorry, sorry. I thought down. you just wanted me to just, <laughs> just kind of freewheel there. No. Right. Yeah, I've got the reins. Okay, here. big pardon. Yes, oh, helpster. 
We just talked to uh, Brendan Jones. What a man. What a man. And he's reluctantly the king of Japan. Why reluctant? Well, he's not super thrilled. He, he might, just doesn't want to. He might yeah. be sort of on the slide. Does that make Matty Griffin the prince? Well, it could well. Yep. It could well. Uh, how do you – what an awesome name to carry through. The king it. of Japan. Yeah. I love it. Oh, just I was here when you rolled through his um, bio and um, career achievements and – there are in this country of ours, we are so besotted by a couple of our primary sports that um, performers, athletes, sports people in some other sports don't necessarily get the profile and focus and recognition they deserve. And it's taken us a while to jump on somebody like Ash Barty. Um, Brendan Jones could stand up in most Australians' porridge and they wouldn't know who he was. And yet he has carved out an outstanding. Not not ours. We would know who he is, obviously, but carved out an outstanding professional career. He's done what Al. He's done what professional golfers should do. He's made money. He <laughs> Num- made money. Number one. If you're going to be a professional, if you want to take this on as a job, you better make some money. Yeah. You're self-employed. Exactly. Yeah. And I should clarify that that billionaire that ranks him on current on today. We're recording this on Tuesday. He's won an Australian dollars off Google Trend or. Oh, it's, look a, at you. It's, it's a translation the of XE currency. Yeah, the calculator, the currency calculator. See what yeah. happens when he gets the yeah, – you really take this to a new level. 13,365,587 Australian dollars out of Japan alone. I just couldn't reiterate it more. You're a bloody legend, Brendan Jones. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk other things Japan on the other side of this. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen Listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Ropes. What the hell's happened here? Just a little freshen up. Mari, you, you just were, take, take a back seat, mate. We've we've got you covered here this there's week. There's no interjecting from the cheap seats. When you rock in, uh, when you rock in late, we can helm however we like. The pressing of the helm is just an all. Stuck, my head is struggling can, to come can, to terms with. Can you, you hear him from the nosebleed seat? <laughs> He's in the naughty chair. But we've got uh, a little special segment. We've got some foreign foreign correspondents all around the world. This week we are checking in for the Women's Amateur Asia Pacific event over in. Japan, and we're delighted to be joined by one of our very constant voices of Stacey Peters. Stace, how are you doing? Hey, team. Very good, thank you. Good to hear from you guys. She always sounds so miserable, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Mari, I can hear, uh, I can hear you're uh, pretty miserable, though, about the situation that's just unfolded. Would, uh, here, would, uh, you've got no idea. I, I missed the first segment and the wheels have fallen off this joint, but I'm, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying the maverick nature of it all, Stace. It's good. We're in the hands of some good people. <laughs> now, Stace, exactly. you're, you're over there with a pretty strong Aussie contingent. Can you, can you walk us through what you've got ahead of you this week? A uh, couple of... Good players on the Aussie side, a couple of fantastic uh, up-and-comers on the world stage of golf as well. Can you fill us in? 
Yeah, definitely. So we're over here at the Women's uh, Amateur Asia Pacific. I really always struggle to get those words in the right order. <laughs> um, at the Royal uh, Golf Club in Japan. Um, yeah, we've got a team of six here this week. Uh, Madison Hinson Tolchard, Grace Kim, Steph Kuriaku, um, Doey Choi, Julian Sue. Who have I missed? Have I missed one? No, did I, I think say? that was oh, five. Sorry, yeah, I was yeah, like, Becky. did I miss one of them there? Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Becky Kay, I think. Yeah, miss, you did did you miss Becky? Yeah. yeah, no, no, I got her in. I got okay, her in. my yeah. bad. <laughs> um, yeah, so six girls uh, representing. So, yeah, we've just been out for our first practice round today. Um, and, yeah, course is in awesome condition. Um, pretty pretty solid test uh, lengthwise for the girls, I'd say. And greens are just, like, massive. And... Lightning quick. They said uh, they said two days ago they were running at 13, and they've decided to try and slow them down because they can't find pin positions. Wow! Um, so I think yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a great test for our girls this week. But we're all uh, you know really looking forward to it. Now, Stace, I'm just casting my mind back, and it's going to be a little bit of a theme of this segment into 2010, when a young then Stacey Keatings, Julia Boland, and a and a very relatively unknown person of Alison Whitaker teed it up in uh, the World Cup in Argentina. And I can remember in the practice rounds there that you were singing your way around the golf course. You and Julia Boland, it was oh, like I you'd started it. a band. I doubt it. I, I remember it well. It's, oh, hard, it's it. hard to forget. Now, <laughs> I, we, we had a lot of, you know, we had a lot of fun this week, that week. It's it's one of the real special things when you look back on a career. I think often you go to the weeks that you play together and stay together as amateurs rather than maybe even your professional career. Um, what kind of knowledge have you picked up since then to help the generation that you're, you know, you're now a high performance manager on the women's side for Golf Australia? What, what kind of things are you drilling into them to pay attention to in these practice rounds? Yeah, it is probably not to be singing along. I would say, it's definitely the <laughs> no, no. But I mean, it is. It is one thing. It is. It is a lot of fun traveling as a team, and you know, things going forward that you know you don't realise, but that doesn't actually happen that often. Um, so you know, it is. It is important for them to be out here enjoying it, but getting the most out of their practice round. Nobody has seen this golf course before, so I guess out here is uh, Rebecca Blaine as well as our coach. So um, she's been great on the course, um, helping out with course management and. But, you know, yes, to enjoy it. And a lot of them know a lot of the other players from other countries as well. So, yeah, I think it's really, really important to be doing that sort of thing. Stace, what's on the line for the girls? What are they, amongst the, you know, the prestige and privilege of winning it, what, what's, on the, what's on the end of the line if they, if they do actually win this thing? Yeah, massive, uh, massive carrots, actually, for the girls this week now. They get a, uh, they get a start in the Women's British Open the Evian Championship and now the Women's Augusta events. So, Gee, yeah, awesome. huge, huge carrots for the... I know, it's, it's really, it's awesome to get two majors and then the Augusta event. It's, um, yeah, it's massive. Well, Stace, we thought we'd have a little bit of fun and I know that you've put this together for us earlier in the week. Now, we thought we'd just give everyone a little insight to what it feels like to play on a team for Australia. Listen in. G'day, Stacey Peters here. Here we are at the Royal Golf Club in Japan at the Women's Amateur Asia Pacific with the Aussie team members Steph Kuriaku, Grace Kim and Madison Hinson-Tolchard. We're going to do a little quick fire question talking about the other girls in the group, uh, Becky, Doey and Jules. So girls, quick fire question starting with who's the biggest nerd on the team? 
Maddie. Maddie. Definitely me. Okay, most likely to overdress for a team dinner. Oh, Doey. Don't don't have to think about that one. Who's the most likely to wear Uggs to dinner? Steph. (laughs) Comfy. As long as you're comfy, it's sweet. (laughs) All right. Best speaking at Japanese? Becky. Becky. Definitely Becky. Yeah? Oh, I look forward to hearing it. Worst speaking at Japanese? I'm pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. I'm pretty bad. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, who's got the best short game? Doey. Doey's pretty good. I think you're pretty good, Steph. Yeah, I was going to say, Steph, your oh, short game's mint. <laughs> uh, longest hitter? Jules. 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 Oh, no, sure. qu- no question. Uh, best taste in music? Stand through yourself. <laughs> yeah, look, I like my music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Who would be the most proud to represent the Aussie flag this week? Everyone. The whole team. Yeah. The whole team. yeah. Great answer. Thanks, team. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, That's just great. a little bit of fun, isn't it? And it gives us a good picture of uh, of what the girls are like, I think, with yeah. each other. And I have to say, we are lucky enough to be able to tune in now with Ditch Stacey Peters with the young woman who is most likely to wear Uggs to dinner. It's <laughs> Steph Kiriaku. Thanks for joining us, Steph. <laughs> Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> I think that summed you up just just to a T, Steph. I reckon that'd be my that'd be my prediction. Oh, perfect. There's no <laughs> Steph. It's Steph. It's Andy here. We haven't had the pleasure of meeting. Well, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you. I won't assume that it's a re- reciprocative right. <laughs> but uh, there's no absolutely nothing wrong um, with wearing UGG boots anywhere you like, particularly with tracksuit pants. A grey T-shirt and a flanny over the top. That is the standard operating operating procedure for some of us. So if you want to rock that at any stage, feel free. I think that's perfect. Even if you rock the, the socks with slides, that's a good option as well. Yeah, good girl. Oh, you, you, you frock up pretty well too, though, just quietly. Don't underplay what – we've seen you in your sort of, uh, you know, your formal gear. Your glad rags. Yeah. You reckon? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe back Enough. to the golf. Enough. Off, Enough. off the, the wardrobe notes. <laughs> yeah. How have you found the week so far, Steph? Um, well, yeah, it's still early days, but we just finished our practice run now, uh, walking back into the clubhouse, and the golf course is unreal. It's It's so good. Like, the greens are rolling really well, and we just found out that... This morning they were rolling at like 13 or something and they had to like pump water in them to slow them down. Is the course so like is the course like any course back home? Is it does it have any kind of familiarity to you? Um not not really. It's kind of like a few of the Melbourne courses, but it's not as hilly as um the normal like Japan courses. So when we came here we thought it was pretty flat. But, I mean, the greens are massive. Like, they're huge. There's, like, 20 pin spots you could choose on the, wow. on each hole. How do they get the greens so fast so soon out of winter? That's incredible. Yeah, look, I wish I could tell you, but I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, um, I'm really intrigued. You played such a good brand of golf uh, at the Queen Syracuse Trophy at Glenelg a few, a few weeks ago. Uh, and against the, the the cream of the Asian crop, basically, held your own, uh, finished in the top ten. Does it give you confidence that you can actually do this again on the big stage? Yeah, it was it was a pretty good week for me. Um, yeah, and seeing where I'm at and coming top ten was was awesome. So this week's going to be even bigger and better, hopefully. But going up against more players and stuff, so just got to stick to the game plan. We'll be right. 
So in terms of the golf course, you know, you can kind of go to certain places and you're like, this is a bomber's paradise. You know, you, it's going to play into the hands of the longer hitters, particularly, with, you know, maybe with firm, fast greens. Do you see an opportunity for your for your style of play out there? Does it suit your eye? Well, I'm a very, I'm an average hitter, I think, but I've got um, some medium irons into a majority of the holes, and I guess a par five, you got wedges, so it's it's pretty standard. But the bunkers here are really good; like you can really nip your your shots easily, so which is what I like. So I guess that's that's an advantage for me. You got some uh, some hot property coming out of St Michael's at the moment, mate. John Lyris and Kelsey <laughs> Bennett doing pretty well. Yeah, I know. we're seeing the bar pretty high, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so you got a bit to live up to here, mate. We reckon. So uh, you know, you don't don't let yourself down against your club mates. Yeah, no, I try not to. Yeah, <laughs> it is it is early doors this week, as you said. But have you have you got into the food at all yet, Steph? Does does Japanese food line up pretty well with your tastes? Of course, I've got it into the food, but <laughs> we haven't. We haven't gone to sushi yet, but so far the buffets have been pretty good. They've tried to make it like more to suit everyone, so they've added some cereal and some pizza and stuff, which is good. But yeah, other than that, it's just pretty standard. So when, like rice and all these we're not quite at the miso soup for breakfast stage, are we? Not yet? No, we. it was this morning, but look, I'm not really a fan, so I'm just going to stick to the basics. All right. Who now? Are you are you are you rooming together? Are you paired up this week? Yeah. So I'm I'm staying with Becky. Okay. How's that been for you? <laughs> it's been no. It's been fun. It's been fun <laughs> for the first night. But I mean, I mean, we've still got plenty of days to go. Yeah. Then we could be on a downhill. You're among friends here, Steph. You don't need to. You know, you don't need. You're just talking to us. No one else is listening. <laughs> I don't. Hey, getting getting back getting getting back to the uh, quick fire Q and A that Stace put together before that revealed your love of UGG boots. It was also you who was most keen on their music, was it not? Yeah, well, I I love like legit everything except like rock. Well, rock so, is a big no no. So give us I don't know whatever you've got on your um your kind of iPad iPod. What do you what do you people listen to these days? <laughs> I was going to say Walkman for a minute. That's how old I am. <laughs> Well, is it an iPod um, these days? What are you listening no. to? On your phone, probably, right? It's on your phone. Phone, yeah, it's fine. You've got get, to keep up with the technology. Right. So on your, spot, on, your, on your primo Spotify playlist, who are the three heaviest um, and most featured artists on that Spotify playlist of yours? Artists? Okay, well, I've got about seven playlists, so... Well, pick your phone. Fu- at random here. Yeah, go on, yep. Um, I'm really into Carlos. I just bought a ticket to his concert now, so... Who? Carla. Put into him. Okay, never heard of him yet. Carla. Oh, no, yep. <laughs> Next. Yep. Um, I can't think of someone that you know. Yo, Bon Jovi. Sure, oh, you know him. Yeah, not a fan, but go on. Yep, two. two, two out of, wow, zip, zip for two geez. at this stage. I'm, I'm about to miss the cut. You're hard to please, oh, I really am. I really am. <laughs> give me your third. So here we go. Uh, I don't even know. Who is my favorite? You, you got any weddings, parties, anything? <laughs> Any what? Sorry, sorry you may as well have said I'll that. Make, I didn't hear you. It's windy. 
weddings, parties, anything. Steph, I'll make you a playlist. I'll send it over there. It, it'll, it'll get you right no, in the right front. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe Steph might be better off for not listening to Andy's music, but I think we're all, we're all better off for chatting to you, Steph. Thanks for taking the time on your final holiday, your practice round to have a chat with us. Good luck to uh, yourself and all of the Aussie girls over there this week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll be right back after the break. <laughs> Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's national junior program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. My golf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. No, Andy, I've got it. Leave it. <laughs> Leave it. Nice. Yeah, see what see, I did there? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I was pretty sharp. It's it? really nice. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes, episode <laughs> number 99. Who's your favourite 99 in world sport, Andy? There's only one answer, by the way. Um, yeah, why don't, yeah, go on. Um, no, uh, Ashton Turner. <laughs> is he number 99 for uh, the Scorchers? He could be. You Who's number 99? My favourite 99 was on Get Smart. Yeah, but in uh, world sport. Like no, that. there is a 99. There's, There's a really only prominent... one 99. Go on. Wayne Gretzky. Ah, oh, see, I'm not an ice hockey guy. Longora. Please. Who? Evan Longoria. No. Who? Evan Longoria. <laughs> Swagger for the Tampa Bay Rays. She, she, she was great Ro- in the housewives. Yeah. Ben, <laughs> ben Rohr is a beauty, but he's no, I can assure you, he's no Wayne Gretzky. Ben Rohr's uh, a good get. That's yeah. from the. It's from somewhere deep and dark, isn't it? it? Was, ben Rohr. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back. We uh, just. Uh, we're you don't want to say 99 when you're, talk, when you're playing golf, anyway. That's true. But we actually, in a minute, Ali's going to um, give us a, a new addition to something that's sort of in that realm, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> but just let's, before we get to that, we just want to wrap up all the Australians around the world this week. We mentioned earlier on CT Pan's victory. Uh, at the Heritage in South Carolina. Um, the Australians who teed it up there were Mark Leeson was the only one to make the cut and he finished a tie for 58 at three over. Um, Baddeley, Aaron Baddeley was going really nice. There was some weather delay, right, halfway through the second round. Is that right? Because he was, I was looking for the scores too, and he was three under, tie sort of 20, going really nicely. And there was no score updates. So it wasn't on the tally. So I got sidetracked and then it came back a couple of hours later and he missed the cut. Yeah, there's, and I'm not really sure what happened specifically with that, but I found it interesting that there was a weather delay and then they actually didn't come back on air after yeah. that. And that's because of the way that um, the contractually, and no, I'm reasonably sure on this, um, the first two days are one company, the second two uh, days yeah, are a different right. network. So yep. I think it's CBS on the weekend, Golf yep. Channel on Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Um, and so they, they just looked at it and went, actually, no, nah, we're going to. We're going to pack it up. Yep. Yep. Um, we only have our crew on site for a certain amount of hours and, you know, again, contractually for, um, you know, camos and stuff mm. like that. You mm. can't really put them out in the lightning. But, um, yeah, they decided not to go back on air. Well, thanks again for stealing my thunder, Andy. I was going to mention Aaron Badley mm. and his, oh. his Sorry, Helmsman. Sorry, Helmsman. You just can't let the helm go, can you? Captain. That's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, this, is, this is a tournament that Aaron Baddeley's actually won previously, and he's played it 14 times in succession, Andy. Do you know that? You want to win a tournament, right? You want to win as a professional golfer. But if you have to wear that jacket. <laughs> Ellie asked if where, you have to where, wear the jacket. where you could possibly wear it, where would you actually wear it? No. Nah. 
I don't think there's a paintball. Paintballing. Oh yeah. Yeah. It looks like you fell asleep on a picnic rug and then woke up with a jacket. <laughs> I like a bit of plaid, but that's way over the top. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, no. So Aaron Baddeley missed the cut at two over. Uh, Cam Smith missed another cut at four over, and Rod Pampling at five over. Um, on the, which, actually, I want to mention something else before we keep going here. This week, and this was this show last year because the three of us uh, had intended to sing for the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, and given that it's next week, Andy and Ali's not here. I'm not sure if she's done any homework about which teams are going to be walking into which songs, but you oh, and I yeah. have got to start clinking our uh, singing voices into gear for next week's show. It's this, it's this coming week, isn't yeah, it? It's well, this, yeah. given that Patrick Reed's playing with Patrick Cantlay, we could just kind of crack into some really slow, miserable Lou Reed kind of tune. <laughs> Couldn't we? Well, let's have some really mortal and down, in your, down on your luck, bleak, slumberous song for those two. I think he's onto something. Why are you, why are you, why are you furrowing your brow? Oh, there? I was just no. I was trying to think about. So there's because there is also the team which I love, um, Team Sherlock. I'm calling it because there's Watson and Holmes oh, playing together. Nice, so yeah. maybe there's a little. Thing oh, that'd be a bit of ZZ Top or Creedence Clearwater Revival for those two boys, no doubt. <laughs> Hey, down there, good old Southern so, boys. So many options. Know? But one thing we should, before you know, before we get off, we're going to talk about the teams, obviously, in our little run around coming up, I think. We can do whatever you want. Do you want to do it now or later on? Well, let me just rip through the results. Okay, you, we'll you finish us so, off first. Uh, the, champions, on, the Champions Tour uh, featured two Australians this week in Duluth, Georgia. Dave McKenzie, our very own, finished tied 61st. But more impressively, Stephen Leaney, uh, I'm not sure which state he's going to represent. Let's say WA for the time being. WA's Stephen Leaney, uh, he's finished tied 10th. Um, it's only his second career start in the PGA Tour, so he's on Good the on uh, Champions Tour, I should say. So fantastic result for the veteran Australian. That's fantastic. Great to see Scotty McCarran winning another one. Terrific, wasn't it? Yeah, that was awesome. Always oh, good no, to see. it's great to see that. <laughs> Always good to see Scott McCarran succeed like that. Andy, I know you're his biggest fan. Uh, up the road a little bit into Alabama. Uh, oh, speaking web- of... Team Watson and Holmes. Correct. We're right in, <laughs> we're right in that territory. <laughs> we were on the telly. On the, <laughs> on the, on the web.com tour. Jesus is hard work here at the moment, you guys. Come on, control it. Uh, Jamie Arnold, unfortunately, suffered the ill fate of missing the cut, as did Rian Gibson. But Brett Coletta finished tied 37th and remains right on that number, 25th, Andy. The 25 will mm. get through at the end of the year. So he's right where he sort of needs to be at the moment. And Brett drew it. Tied 42nd, but he's 91st on the uh, regular season standings as we speak. So that's oh, – I sorry, I neglected to mention the Latino America Tour as well. Um, he's going all right, Harry Endicott, isn't he? He is. Ryan yeah. Ruffles um, made a great start to the tournament. He shot a 67 to start, but then shot a 75. That 67 was about his seventh or eighth sub-70 round in a row, but he was overshadowed by a heap of others, including Harrison Endicott. Um, great to see the young uh, Sydney sider finish tied for 12th, nine under, uh, his second top 25 finish in his third start of the season. Um, it's his second start at this event, and he was T10 last year. So yeah, that's great. He's really starting to make his uh, presence felt a little bit on Latino America too, Harrison mm. Endicott. Ali, what about uh, – there were some great performances again. We, it's almost uh, weekly we say Minji Lee's done something absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I think last week we we said told everyone to keep their eye on her, and, um, and they <laughs> – 
would have seen a lot of her golf because she was uh, in the final group on the last day and ended up in a tie for third place, had a final round of 74, not what she was looking for, obviously, um, but still another great finish. Hannah Green uh, came in at 27th with an opening round of 66. So mm. anytime you can get off to a hot start like that, it's got to build your confidence that you can post the numbers needed on what is a pretty electrifying uh, women's tour these days. And uh, we had sadly had miscuts from Catherine Kirk and Robin Choi, who actually got a start. Um, and was lucky to even kind of get over there, I believe. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, I think she was cutting it tight with her flight times and so mm. forth. So, um, still some good experience on the on the biggest women's golf stage around Is the world. Brooke Henderson going to end her career, Canada's greatest ever golfer. Yes. Yep. Definitely. Yep. She's one of uh, one of only two players to win multiple times in the last three years. So yep. she won at least twice in the last three seasons, and uh, she walked kind of walked away with it. She looked pretty in control. She's just, 20, I think, 21 years of age uh, from a place called Smith's Falls um, in Canada, which yeah, I want to say it's got less. I remember looking this up in the census a couple of years ago, but I think it's got less than 7,000 people in it. Oh, comfortably um, less. She's got her older sister, Brittany, on the bag. Mm. Um, she's about six or seven years older than her, and they're just the nicest humans around. Like, Brooke is... You know when you see someone on camera and you're like, oh, I wonder if she really is that nice. She is delightful. Yeah, right. Um, always greets you with a massive smile um, and gives you a big hug and she's just as warm as warm as they get, Great. I'd say. So, I reckon um, she's already Canada's greatest golfer. She's she's well known in Canada. Yeah. Um, she, she probably is. Yeah. She equaled mm. a record that I believe was held by four people, but off the top of my head, I know it was Mike Weir and Sandra Post, and who's one of her George kind of Nudson. idols. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, to reach eight wins. So one more and she will be Canada's best ever golfer um, on the professional ranks, male or female. Mm. So good Al- job, Brooke. Now, speaking of statistics, Ellie. Mm-hmm. We yep. instigated something in your absence a few weeks ago with great reverence. We love her, Charlotte Ostwick. <laughs> we love her dearly, a delightful young English player. Oh, yeah, we did too. Yeah, the Charlotte Ostwick Club. We, yeah. we, we, we have a lot of clubs it. here. We do, but we've got to keep it, you know, yep. um, keep them ticking around, keep them interested. We can add to the population of the Charlotte Ostwick Club, which for the listeners were people who bounced back by 15 shots or more. Mm. In consecutive rounds. So the current members are Charlotte Oswick, who went from 103 to 74, (laughs) round one, round two in South Africa. Uh, Kiradek Api Barnrat also did did the deed for us, made a um, birdie at the players, I think maybe, to um, get into the 15-shot margin. Well played. He he was under great pressure to join the club. He's thrilled to be part of it. Uh, but there's a new addition. There Ellie. is uh, a good friend of mine on tour from Denmark, Nicole Brock Larson. Uh, last week made the cut, was really, you know, putting herself in contention on the weekend, shot 80 in the third round. Um, she can be pretty hard on herself at times when she things aren't going her way either. So I'm sure that dinner was pretty quiet on, on Saturday night. It would have been less quiet if she'd known what she was going to do on Sunday, which was shoot 64 oh, that's awesome. in the final I was round. hoping you weren't going to say 90-something. <laughs> it went down. <laughs> right. it went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a 16-shot turnaround gets her into a very exclusive club it that is. I'm sure that we'll be God. adding to as, as time goes that's along. That's great. She's currently the silver medalist, though. That puts her past Kiradek. So, Silver medalist. Yeah, oh, she's oh, doing well. Know. Do no we need people to give a shit? Because we'll keep an eye on this, but in case we miss one. Please. Please. On Twitter, yep. inside the underscore ropes, let us know. Uh, members of the Charlotte Oswick Club, yep. we need to know. Because, uh, you, you know, you need – it's unlike – it's very unusual to have it in a third and fourth round. Yeah, once you've made the cut. You, I think yeah. those kind of mm. – I remember once I learned a very um, important lesson in uh, kind of the broadcasting sense, commentary uh, – 
we were playing in Spain last year, started maybe this time last year, and uh, a girl in one of the final groups shot a course record 63. And so I was looking through at the end of the day, just scrolling down, and I realised that there was actually another player that had shot 63, and she'd shot 86, <gasps> 63, and I'd completely oh. missed it oh. on air. So we, we ended up getting into the highlights later on that day, but I just never yeah. thought to scroll down. Um, she ended up missing the cut, but, I mean, it was, it was a great day that mm. kind of went – Unnoticed, so you know, lesson learnt, yep. and uh, and another member to our very prestigious uh, group. And one thing we haven't overlooked, Ali, is mm. the Symmetra tour. Just you wanted to say something. Yeah, well, I, I feel like last year, you know, we had a lot of um, the last two years. Really, we've had a lot of players to to keep an eye on. You know, we had um, kind of the, the Hannah Green show on mm. the Symmetra tour when she picked up three titles in one season. But um, it's not that we're overlooking it. It's just that we've we've just got two players out there this year, and Steph Nair and, and Robin Choi. And both of them are kind of uh, spreading themselves over various tours at the same time. Steph's over in Morocco on the Ladies European Tour um, this week. And Robin obviously played last week in Hawaii at the, the Lotte Championship on the LPGA. So we're not overlooking it. We're not deliberately not mentioning it. We're not missing out on anything. But um, we'll let you know when something happens. When it comes to hand. And we've had a couple of interlopers, Ellie, from when we first started today. <laughs> and uh, we, we've just been uh, – it's like a revolving door on the studio it's today. A couple of you didn't have this bloke – Old Shaggy over there. Why did you just didn't have him on the show right from the word go? Just give me the afternoon off. Well, he has to serve a penalty, Andy, because oh. he was front and center on a on a on a rival podcast from Augusta National. Um, so the he, he was unaware that I was going to mention that. But I want to mention uh, welcome Justin Falconer to the microphone. Uh, welcome back to the freight. Thanks, Mark. I'm just making a really late run at the helm today. <laughs> You're coveting the helm, aren't you? Too late. Yeah. Too late. Yeah, no, it's got a lot of grubby, grubby fingerprints on it. Now, mate, we, we don't care that you went on another podcast. That's fine. But yeah. we just did want to say good day and welcome back from Augusta. Andy, oh. he's had the experience of a, of a <laughs> Not lifetime. Not sure anyone wants to talk about this, no, Josh. You might look at his face. No, how good. I mean, just yeah. just go on. Try and put it into words if you can. Uh, uh, you can't. Like, people ask you, how was it? And yeah, It's, it's not possible, is it? No. Nah. It's actually not and possible. And I've thought about it heaps. Like, how yeah. do you explain how good it was? But you honestly... And everyone says it's, it's as good as you think it will be and no one ever comes home disappointed. It's true. Um, but yeah, I haven't figured out how to accurately describe For it. For the sake of the fact that this is a podcast, could you could you try? Because <laughs> there's, there's no vision. So this will just... be a better segment if I try. <laughs> Where were you? Where were you when the putt dropped on 18? Uh, right there. What, of, what do you mean right there? Where? Pretty much behind Kupcho as she... Uh, oh no, sorry. I'm talking about the animal. Oh, beg your pardon. Oh, sorry, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. No, no. Yeah, no, yeah. we'd skip yeah. town by the weekend of the actual See, of Masters. Course you did. So I was, yeah. we were in a bar in New York watching it with. God, like, she thrashed the ball. She that is was a player. Yeah, she's like, like actually real deal. Mm. Um, she's the world number one, and uh, yeah, she'll be a really good player. She's about to jump on the LPGA. I think uh, she had status and has sort of deferred until she finished college. But she's going to be able to swing the club like that for the rest of her career. Um. I'd say it all depends on her prehab, not the rehab, yeah, right, the yeah, prehab. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you talk about, we go on and on about core, but the reason you talk about core is it's defending your spine. So, you know, the the more strength you have around the spine, then the less likely you are to have serious injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she'll have too many injuries in terms of wrists or anything like that. No. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she really <laughs> takes a solid oh, swipe at it. Does she what? Yeah, and the, just the level of golf that her and um, – Fassi played on that last day. It was it was unbelievable. It was 
I, we were pretty caught up in it because it was the first day I'd been there out on the course. So, like, obviously having a pretty good afternoon. But mm. uh, then for them to play as well as they did and to be there and seeing that, it did feel like this is actually really good golf and we're not just – it's not just a few pars here and there yeah, and yeah, yeah, making yeah. up the numbers sort of thing. It was actually, like, pretty incredible sort of battle between the two. What did you think of the uh, Augusta National Golf Club's decision to not let you walk the course during the practice round on the Friday before the uh, final of the Anwar? Uh, <laughs> that's a loaded question. I didn't think, <laughs> I mean, I was happy to be anywhere inside the grounds at that point. Um, and we knew we were going out the next day. So I, yeah, I don't know. I sort of got it. And like media weren't allowed out on the course. We were allowed as far as first tee and under the tree to talk to the, the girls as they came off and things like that. But what was really cool was Julianne Sue, who played for Australia, she had her parents there with her for the whole week. They were allowed to walk with her during the practice round on the course and on the fairways and take photos for jewels and things like that. So that was, uh, pretty, that was pretty cool for them. What are you talking about? You weren't allowed to walk beyond the first tee. On the Friday during the practice why? round. Why? What's why? I You'd have to ask people higher up than me, Andy. Hazy, why? I'm not sure. You're oh, the helmsman. Why? I'd like Justin to explain it. I don't want him to sort of, um, you know, sell his chances of ever getting back to Augusta National, but he surely should have a lash here. That's ridiculous. It's one of the most – what do they protect them? Well, what are they doing? Uh, it's one of the lamest decisions, short-sighted. Yeah, Ali, please know. come up yeah, with a reason. No, well, I can't. The only reason I could think of is maybe because they knew that they had some weather coming the next week and they didn't want too much foot traffic Yeah, but there. they'd sort of made that decision a long way out. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, there was no one there that day. It was I was going to say, uh, uh, yeah. One or two parents each, and that was it. And they all got a caddy, and they got to do the whole thing. So, yeah. Um, there's gotta, a few... love, gotta love the green jackets, Andy. Yeah, there's a few of them strolling around. Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice made a beeline for Jules at the end of her round, and came up and said hi and shook her hands, and they got a photo together. That's and pretty. That special. was pretty cool. She yeah. was just cruising around, mm. and yeah, that was pretty sweet. Good work, mate. No, yeah, thanks. nice to see you. And it was really good of you and to, you to share your share yeah your insights. Well, with, you um, got to get in early, mate. Golf you podcast. Can't, was, you can't was wait really around. Good. Uh, that's true. Uh, now, before we head off, um, we've had a bit of a disjointed show today, and I'm just very grateful for Ali Whitaker keeping it together. The Inner series, we inter- need one grown up on the show. That is true. The Interstate <laughs> series is down in in uh, Hobart very soon. The Royal Hobart Golf Club and the Tasmania Golf Club, the co-hosts, uh, in early May. The teams will be announced tomorrow. There's going to be a couple of surprises. I think there's going to be some men and women um, who have taken up. Um, professional starts and probably won't represent their states. In fact, I know that to be true. Um, So it's going to be a shock and we're going to see some brand new faces. We've seen a pretty constant stream of uh, faces the last couple of years, Um, particularly on the uh, Victorian men's team, which has been very still. Um, It's going to be a completely new look, the defending champions on that side. Uh, But yeah, look out for that one. And we cannot wait to get down to Hobart. Justin and I are going down there in a couple of weeks' time. So we might have luck. It's awesome down there. I cannot wait. So we're doing that. And also want to give another mention to the Outback Queensland Masters, your chance to go to six Outback towns in Queensland, play a bit of golf, see the local sites, get involved with all the um, the fun of the fair as it rolls through town, end up in Mount Isa, give, a shot, give yourself a shot at a million dollars. Outback, Master, Outback Queensland Masters, www.outbackqldmasters.com. That's Andy, the worst. I think you've just got your job back. Oh, he's <laughs> clinging to us. Oh. <laughs> I looked at him and it broke me. <laughs> I was going so well too. She is. Anyway, 
You've done yeah. a great job, mate. Well done, Thank you, no. Andy. Uh, anyone else like to put anything on the table before we call it quits? I think, well, we've got to point out the fact that Adam Scott and Jason Day are paired up this mm. week at the Zurich oh, Classic, sorry, yeah, the I Zurich. think. Yeah. Um, that'll make for fun watching. They're actually the favourites going into the week as well. Do we know what song they're going to rock? No. I haven't seen, I've, I've been trawling. Be haven't seen from, anything about the songs yet. Be something from um, Powderfinger. Queensland boys, yeah. you know. Mm. Jason's playing, recovered from the... Well, at this stage, yes. Yeah, he's <laughs> you know, sponsored by Zurich, so he will be. pull out all he will be doing it. And there. you know what? I have to say, there's a, there's this thing within tour golf where you actually generally don't tell the media at all when you're injured because then it goes in the story, even though, you know, you might have just tweaked your wrist or something and then, um, and then all of a sudden, it's, you know, so-and-so plays through wrist injury to take away the title and that kind of thing. And it's, and it's often blown out of proportion. And it's, sometimes I think that Jason gets a bit of a raw deal just for being honest. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's withdrawn quite a few times, probably more so than the majority of, um, of players inside, you know, the top 20 in the world in the last five years. I think that's probably safe to say. But mm. um, I don't know. Sometimes I think he gets a bit of a dud gig there. Anyone we'll else you're keen on. to look at in, the, in the, that format? I know that Ernie Owls and Tiger Woods are using it as a chance to tinker with some teams, yeah. Um, particularly Ernie Owls, because we just don't get to see the international team together in a four-ball or foursomes format. So uh, it is a big week with uh, an eye to the President's Cup. Yeah, well, you can pick up um, – so normally I think in a, a normal event you get 500 FedEx points and each of the winners get 400 this week. Um, Curtis Luck has managed to get himself – uh, a sponsor's invite with Hank Lebiota, who is a, a great um, amateur player at Florida State, and he's uh, in the pro ranks now. Um, Cam Smith and Jonas Blix mm. are again teeing it up together, and uh, Rod Pampling and John Senden are a team. Oh, wow. So we've got plenty cool. to plenty to keep an eye out for. That'd be I'd love to have a beer with Duncan. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that for sure. John Williamson, <laughs> bit of something true blue. Yeah, the you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's also Gar- Garcia and Fleetwood. I should mention that, but I can't off the top of my head. I can't Ooh. think of a, a good name for the two of them. It's not. What was it? The, Mollywood. Mollywood. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that was with yeah, Francesco yeah, yeah. Molinari. But I, I don't know. Maybe we'll leave Garwood. that. Garwood. Garwood. <laughs> <laughs> You're working your way back into form. Do you want to finish the show? Because Felicia. Oh yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's <Fletcher>. ridiculous. <laughs> Next week, Andy, we are going to be doing show number one hundred. Oh, can we bring our bats in? We can, yep. and you can raise yep. them. Uh, we're hopefully hopeful of getting a couple of um, special guests come and join us. And we might even do a bit of video aspect. So. Yeah, I know that's going to test Terrifying. you, isn't it? I'll have to have a shave. No, ug- no Ugg boots and trackies. Oh, I'll definitely right? wear them. If that's the case. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway, I feel for you because you've come in here and I, I really want, don't want you to throw the toys out of the cot, so maybe you should wrap this up. No chance. <laughs> you just walked no, away. No, no, it's on you. It's been a joy to be here, though. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Ali. <laughs> Always a pleasure, boys. Three, three it's been fun. One vote for you, Justin Falconer. And this is me, Mark Hayes, signing off for episode 99. We'll be back to raise the ton next week.